Hi, beauty. I'm so grateful you were led to this podcast. I'm your host, Miranda. Hi. I'm a wife, coach, and mom to four world changers. And this is the Recalibrating Hearts podcast. It's my heart that in this space, you would encounter the love of the Father and receive downloads, revelations, and solutions for partnering with God in your breakthrough. You'll also hear how we're building our family, powerful prayers and declarations for you, and ways to incorporate natural solutions for whole health. I think it's time to normalize spiritual breakthrough and walk in freedom with whole hearts. Holy Spirit, you get full permission to recalibrate our hearts. Let's go. All right, here we are for part two of EMDR and trauma with licensed professional counselor, Kathy Bates. It's just a pleasure and honor to have Kathy on the podcast here. She's my local therapist. And I haven't worked with a therapist in a long time, as you'll hear. But when it comes to talk therapy versus EMDR, we go into that. And we're not condemning or shaming either one, especially talk therapy. But there's something about healing trauma and integrating in your brain. Man, feeling the relief that it's going to be okay. There's not a lot of words can that can really express the healing um, blessing that I've been experiencing with EMDR. So I just, the best way I knew how to share it with the world was bring Kathy on. And I pray that you find hope in these episodes, but also remember you can always go to emdria.org and look for um, a licensed professional counselor with EMDR training. And I suggest, I just definitely suggest you get the ones with the EMDR training and you'll just know it's a good fit, right? I always pray that God would lead people into my path that has the tools I need and that he would just equip me and provision me for the season, especially raising children and building a marriage and a family and really healing from trauma still. Okay, here's part two. So calm, safe place. I think this would be a beautiful tool for someone. Okay. Calm, safe place is really meditation on steroids. And our brain wires best when all five senses are involved. And so that's why like in a long distance relationship, all five senses aren't involved. Thank God for Zoom, because at least you can see each other now, you know, but think about, you know, 15 years ago, that option wasn't available. I mean, you know, letters. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, 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 and phone, you know, yeah. so you could hear, but, but think how much that, what that's done, um, you know, to help long distance relationships, especially, you know, especially military. And so um, what calm safe places, is, is it someplace you've been or someplace you imagine you want to be? Some people do calm safe place. It's a place. Some people have for calm safe place, they have Jesus next to them. Some people for calm safe place have a lion that escorts them. Um, it can be any form of safety and calmness for you. And you take all five senses and talk about what, what you would see, what you hear, what you smell, what you taste, what you feel. And then with the EMDR, what I, what that does is I ha- I have you experience the, 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 the using all five senses and then to allow yourself to vivify that image in your head, just make it bigger. And as you make it bigger in your head, then I'll ask the question, what did you notice differently? And people will say things like, oh, I heard this kind of bird or I, he- or I saw this on the ground I hadn't thought about or hadn't remembered. Um, so we get all of those five senses involved. And then once that gets wired in, and it's just an EMDR term that I use. 
I'm sorry. What? Wired okay. in. Yeah. And then, and then we give a, a name to it, a word or a phrase, whatever you want to call it. And then what we do a little bit more EMDR with it. So you can go back and refer to that calm, safe place. So, you know, instead of, you know, not that you don't think of the place, but you just take that word and you think paradise, heaven or whatever, you know, and people have really unique different ways that they come up to express it. And then um, after that, I'll ask, I'll say on a scale where zero is neutral or no disturbance, 10 is the most disturbing thing you've ever experienced. On a scale, pick something that's a one or a two for disturbance. So for me, what I always share with clients is a one or a two is like a bug flying around my head at night. I mean, it's disturbing. It's not going to end the world, but it's like, it's disturbing, right? Totally. (laughs) And so I have them imagine one or a two for a level of disturbance. And then I have them bring up the image of their calm, safe place, Mm. bring up that word. And what they will notice Mm. is that it makes that image of the bug, it takes it away. And then I'll go to a level higher, two or three. Sometimes it'll take the image away. Sometimes it's not as effective, but that's the beginning. That's how you work on that. And so, you know, 10 times a day, you just stop and you go into, you know, that calm, safe place. My calm, safe place, I've over the years has changed, has shifted. And when I need my calm, safe place, my calm, safe place is I go to the core of where I begin. Because at the core of where I begin, and all this is what all the neuroscience indicates as well. But at that core of where we begin, that spiritual, that holy part of us, it begins with kindness and compassion and love. And in that spot is everything that we know and everything we've known and everything we would have experienced in this world. And I go to that spot. And that's our that's our God part, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you go to that part. And then you just stay in that part. And then, and I'll stay there for a moment or two or whatever is going on. And then I bring myself back to where I have to go and what I have to do. And I, that's, I, that's where I get that spiritual energy Love it. to get that next spot. Because- when I get stuck and I get, oh, I'm not doing anybody any good when I'm stuck. And so that's why I go back to where I began. And that helps bring my, re-energize me. Beautiful. Like recharge the batteries. Right. Exactly. And and, and that's really what Calm Safe Place is. So good. it's just, yeah, I just took it a little bit to a little bit different level. I love it. You know, and, and you could do Calm Safe Place that you could do a Calm Safe Place is the core of where you begin. Yes. And I never thought to do that, like spiritual goal, because we are eternal beings. Like, obviously, you know, right. what I believe we are eternal beings and what he, yes, I just, I appreciate that tool because I feel like people need that in their lives. And I just appreciate just the value that you're offering and giving, because I know, you know, you charge for, well, you are a paid well professional. right. But, but it's also like that when you learn that calm, safe place, that's really beginning of learning about mindfulness or, 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 or meditation. Yes. Because what, what real meditation is, is it's an advanced form of concentration. Mm-hmm. And that advanced form of concentration leads us to self-acceptance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same thing as yoga. That's why yoga and meditation are very similar because yoga does the same thing. I'm okay in this pose. I'm okay in this position. And that's, and that's, you know, the same thing with meditation is it, it, it helps promote that self-acceptance. Beautiful. I'm okay with who I am. I can accept this moment. I am okay because you're residing in the spot of love and where love begins and 
how can you not feel loved unless I mean when you reside in that when you let yourself go to that spot how can you not feel loved you know and so I want to bring up just in case someone's like isn't calm safe place escaping and you know who knows why I I asked that but I also wanted to make sure I'm really careful about how you know I just know the power of the mind spiritual body and the power of it so basically I was your client you know and your patient that was like isn't that escaping and you're like no. And then we talked a little more. Tell me what the difference is, I guess. And basically you kind of gave your uh, validation on um, no escaping is X, Y, Z. Can you tell me more? Because I really thought right away, that's not healthy. Right. Um, we are two and a half times more likely to have negative thoughts than positive thoughts. Okay. Two and a half times more likely. And it's really um, is it okay if I talk a little bit about like 10,000 years ago? Yeah. I mean, I want you to talk about what you want to talk and people can pick and choose what they want. Eat yeah. Time. Okay. I just want, you know, so like mother nature, <clears throat> the good Lord, whatever, however we want to call that what is created is not undone. So we have an appendix has no biological purpose anymore, but it's not undone. It's still in our body. So think about negative thoughts and we are like two and a half times more likely to have them. So let's go back 10,000 years ago and you're living in your cave or your tree or what with your clan. And all of a sudden you're giving the chore that your job is to be, to go down to the pond every day to gather water. And the reason you were given that job is the day before your cousin was was um, captured and eaten by the mountain lion that lives down by the pond. And so the purpose of overthinking is going to give you every scenario you need to think through to know that you're safe. That's the purpose of that, of that overthinking. 10,000 years later, 2023, we don't need to do that in order to survive. So it's a very primitive part of our brain. And sometimes when people understand that, they're like, oh, wait a minute, that's that's was then I don't need to be there right now. I can be be here. That can help reduce that overthinking too. But I don't know if I answered your question because I oh, think I've used off. No, that's okay because I was gonna ask about what about people being addicted to chemicals that are released from overthinking and whatever? Is that a possibility? Cortisol, dopamine. I mean, overthinking is not cool. I, I used to do it. Right. I, like you said, self-defense trauma response. Right, right. And, and, and overthinking, it's a defensive mechanism. That's so and when you were, and when you were over, you know, it's the same thing when I have people that are suicidal, when people that are suicidal all the time, yep. I don't worry about them. Okay. Because I know that suicidal thoughts are helpful to them. And if you'll ask, and I'll ask them and I'll say, what are you getting out of it? And they'll go, oh yeah, it's just part of the routine. And I'm like, okay, there it is. So everything we do is a defensive mechanism. But when you recognize that, that's when you can step back and go, oh, wait a minute, I want to do that. It gives us a chance to get back into our spirit. Okay. And really what, what therapy is and how EMDR is really helpful is it helps the spirit and the ego get back together. So that's a more natural progression. EMDR is such a gift because I want to say, again, I'm not blasting talk therapy. What I, what is very refreshing about therapy with you or coaching with you, you know, is you are like what on a scale of one to 10, what it, because, okay, it wouldn't have been helpful if I sat down and went through all of my trauma, all of the assault, all of this, all of mom and dad, all, it just wouldn't have been because I've come so far and got a lot of inner healing before. Right. Well, then it's super refreshing because you're like, well, tell me what you need to say or what you'd like to say. I say a blip, but it's really helped me. You were just ready to do that. You were in the right place at the right time. Yes. But I think it would be even more hurtful to me if we would talk all about it. Well, what I love 
And it's really helped me think about it after um, when I'm not in therapy sessions, I can like minimize how am I feeling about this? Did it is for example, give an example of like, okay, bring up this, bring up this feeling and uh, you know, measure it out. What I want people to realize is yes, I know they're not all EMDR therapists are like you, but you don't have to go through your trauma and relive it. I work with, I had a, uh, I've had a couple vets that I've worked with that have come in and said, I can't tell you what happened. I signed papers that I would never talk about this. And I, and I'll say, that's okay. You don't have to tell me you can just keep it to yourself. I'll just use a series of numbers so that I can kind of gauge and help you shift what yes. you're I I don't need that. When people come in and say, I know I have trauma, but I can't remember anything. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. Let's go into your body. And I can usually gleam that off there. And you know how powerful that is for people that I mean how this is why the last session of something from very huge um childhood verbal abuse or something, right? That you don't really remember, but you're stuck in it. So like uh-huh. it affects you, whether it affects me, whether I believe it or not. Right. How huge this was, you guys listening, was in the middle of the EMDR, because you get thoughts and stuff in the scale goes from 10 to whatever. The, I bl- hope bloomed of, oh my gosh, I don't have to keep this forever. I don't like you think it's a prison sentence, man. Like right. subconsciously. That's the concrete. That's yeah. the blocked energy. That's exactly what that, that that's what we're talking about. And the EMDR just opens up and makes it easier for that energy to flow. Not that you can't do that with talk therapy, but the EMDR moves it faster because the EMDR takes the emotionality out of the situation. So good. So you can't, you know, let's say you can't remember, you know, and you logically can't remember, but you know, it's there because you feel that emotion in your body. Yes. So that feeling is a memory or the memory is a feeling. And so I, and I do a lot of work with people where I'll just go into just their body. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, and like I said, with, um, you know, different, I've worked with some vets that can't not talk about, and I'm like, That's not a-, a problem. Boom. Nobody has to feel trapped and live with right. this forever. Right. When hope was right. coming. That's like the biggest, and I'm still processing that one because it was so big last time. It was that I didn't realize how, but you were like, dude, that was big. I mean, you don't say dude like me. You're like that. Right. I was like, okay, it was just like the other ones. And now I'm like a week later, I'm like, or almost a week later, I'm like, yes, we're still processing and integrating. The, give your space, give yourself, I'm giving myself space to heal and integrate. But mm-hmm. inside that moment was this, in a way, this bloom of hope of, oh my gosh, I don't have to live in this forever. Exactly. And a lot of people are walking around why this podcast episode is very touching my heart and so important to me because I want to reach those people that think they have to live with this forever. Right. think they're trapped by their trauma forever imprisoned. I know what that feels stinking like. The entrapment right. is like hopeless. Why go on? I'm only going to go and settle for mediocrity or mediocre. You know, I'm only going to go this far. I can't dude. It, this EMDR integration is right. like left lobe, right lobe coming together, release all the things you can talk right. about better. And I'll tell you, like, fear isn't able to, um, like the fruit from this and the healing is it's huge. Fear is not able to hold me as much confident shoulders back. Because because what really, what neurologically happens with EMDR is the upper brain is logic. The right or the left brain is logic. The right brain is emotion. The middle part of our brain is emotion. And the middle part of our brain, um, is, um, we have two primary emotions mm-hmm. and the two primary emotions are love, 
Love is joy. Love is empathy. Love is kindness. Love is compassion, blah, on and on and on. And the second emotion is fear. And fear is feeling a threat. And fear is anger. Fear is resentment. Fear is bitterness. Mm. And so, and that's the middle part of our brain. The problem with the middle brain is it's got really crappy lad, really crappy logic and really bad memory. So after we've been upset and we reflect back and it's like, wow, that really doesn't make sense. And I don't remember it really well because you're in your middle brain. And so my job as a therapist is to help you have the tools to be up in your upstairs brain, your upper brain, because your upper brain is your logical brain, your thinking brain. And in the middle brain is a thing called the amygdala. And the amygdala's only job is to sense danger and look for safety. And the, and the amygdala never sleeps. And so that's why in the middle of the night, you hear a noise, you wake up because your amygdala is saying, okay, check this out, make sure we're safe. And you can look at brain scans of uh, troops hmm. of, of their amygdalas before they go to war and after they go to war. And the amygdala shrinks and it doesn't work as good. And so one of the, one of the symptoms of PTSD is hypervigilance. You're always looking over your shoulder. That's the damage that's done to the amygdala. Because if the the amygdala is not damaged, you don't spend the rest of your life looking over your shoulder. You don't spend the rest of your life sitting in a corner so you can look and see everything that's going on in that room for what you have to do to keep yourself safe, right? Right. And so, and, and there's a lot we can do and EMDR helps the amygdala. And, 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 PTSD is a permanent condition. You know, I have to write letters all the time for, you know, people that are in lawsuits and, you know, different, there's a lot of attorneys that are like really stupid comes to PTSD and I'll ask them, I'll say, so what do you know about PTSD? And then they'll say, well, I know a lot about it. And I'll just kind of explain a little bit. And then I had this attorney that said, well, you're making it sound like there's something wrong with them. And I'm like, there is, it causes permanent damage. It is, there is something wrong with that. I don't, I'll never forget that conversation. I don't, it was just funny when I look back at it now, but it's like, yeah, cause it's permanent. Oh man. I don't like that permanent thing. Tell I me, know. tell me a but little the, more. Cause because I what the, the EMDR does is it brings the emotionality down. Okay. It calms the amygdala. Okay. Remember, its only job is to sense danger and look for safety. Yep. And so when we're in a when we're feeling anxiety, that amygdala is hypervigilant. It's looking for a place to hide. It's looking for a way to get out of that building. It's looking for whatever it needs to do. And so as the anxiety comes down, it helps to soothe the amygdala, which is like really cool. It's so cool. I totally yeah. think about my dad and cause he went to, he, he was in the military. Anyway, I'm thinking about it. what you just said. It's like a lot of people probably can relate in the restaurant had to always sit right, right. With the backs of the wall, everywhere he looked, I won't say with the gun stuff, we won't talk about guns, but everywhere we looked, dude, he would keep scanning. And I, and I'm feeling that so much as you're talking. as a kid or whatever I was like oh he's just protective and no no no, there was a hypervigilance like no other like his brain had been changed totally it it, it literally changes PTSD trauma whatever we want to call this 
literally changes the structure of your brain. I'm going to say that I'm going to shelf that because you know me, we've, we've talked enough, which, you know, so I'm going to say this. I understand what you're saying. I believe that the Lord can heal the body and it can be restored by the spirit being from crushed to healing. So I'm going to, I personally, listeners, you take that how you want. And I honor your stuff. We're going to agree to disagree that yes, it changes the brain. There has to be healing at some level because of right. who, how different I am 10 years later, but right. I like the information. So I'm taking the information I'm shelving. Right. And, that, and, 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 and the healing process, you can't go back and undo what was done. Agreed. But you can take the moment, this moment to begin to make sense of how, di- how it's affected your life. And so the trauma work that I always do and I, especially with people that have really young trauma, really like horrific yeah. stuff, like yep. sexual abuse, all kinds yep. of, um, and I, I just was working with somebody yesterday and, um, she's in a much, much better place. And we literally spent last summer, every time she'd come in for session, getting to know her four-year-old and getting to trust that four-year-old and getting that four-year-old mm. to realize that they are no longer alone. They have the adult part Oh man, to lean on. And you know, when she first started to connect with that four and she didn't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And so we did a lot of work where I would have her just sit next to her four-year-old, not say anything and let her four-year-old speak. Mm-hmm. And it took a long time before the four-year-old would speak because it didn't know how it could trust someone. Yes. And once they started to connect with each other, she just had an experience last week mm-hmm. where, uh, someone was like really, really over emotional and she was able to stay in her adult part. Wow. And I said, what was your four-year-old doing? And she said, she was hiding behind a curtain, peeking out watching, Mm -hmm. but she let me do the work that, that again, is that 